0: Going from the global aspect to the local aspect of things, we, we want to be a, a church that is uh, engaged and involved right here in spreading the good news of the gospel, not only internationally, but locally as well. And uh, one of the things that we're really, really excited about is this group that we have started in Hartford. And we call these things missional communities because they're communities of people, they're teams of people that live On mission together. So like, just like Kurt and Kim are going to be part of a team that is there in Dagestan and they're not there in Dagestan just to play cards and, you know, read Bible verses and just kind of get along with one another, they're there for a purpose. And their purpose is to reach their immediate area. We have those same kind of teams here in Washington County as well. And one of them is located in Hartford. So our speaker this morning is a good friend of ours. Dave Lizowski has been here before. Many of you have seen him, Uh, but I want to invite Dave to come on up. He's hard to find because he's so short. (laughs) So, Dave, come on up here. It's good to have you here at Kettlebrook.
1: Thanks, Mike. Um, Before I speak, ushers, you want to come forward and uh, take the offering? Um, If you are a visitor here, please just let that pass. Uh, You being here is an offering to us. So just take a minute and take that offering as they take that i just want to tell you guys how blessed i am to be a part of not just up here today but to be a part of kettlebrook um it's really i mean the time we've spent we've been here for about eight years we started out at the west bend site moved to the jackson site when they started that and uh, my family has grown so much one of the ways we've seen it grow um we normally have a challenge during the christmas time keeping focused on jesus anybody else have have a hard time really focusing in. I I know we sing the songs and we do all this stuff, but we get distracted. And uh, this year you guys put out this Advent thing that my kids were, like, excited to go through and talk about Jesus and and the impact he had in in our lives. And I think more than ever this year we were focused, and that's because of the ministry, the people here at uh in uh west bend and and um kettlebrook at large um when i got an email from mike about a month ago he said uh, would you like to preach and then he said gave the caveat you can preach on anything you want and i like that Uh, that was that was good actually that's kind of broad for me i like to be a little more specific but uh i said yeah i'd love to preach and uh, as i thought about it as god brought things to my heart i said what would i rather preach about than the gospel and I know we talk about the gospel a lot here, and I don't know, maybe maybe you do or maybe you don't have a definition. When I say the gospel, what words and phrases come into your mind? Maybe some of you, words and phrases that come into your mind are the gospel are the first four books of the New Testament, and, and you would be right. And maybe when you think of the gospel you think of my friend does the life and death of jesus others of you maybe when you think of the gospel it's the good news Um, a definition that's carried some weight with me um, in recent years is the one you'll see on the screen it was i don't think it was original to a guy by the name of caesar Kleniski, and i think i just butchered his name but he said this the gospel is that god himself has come to rescue and renew all creation through the work of jesus christ that god himself has come to rescue and renew all creation through the work of jesus christ and maybe you want to add for our benefit the gospel is for our benefit i mean jesus lived a perfect life he died a sufficient death And he rose again so that we are completely saved from the penalty of sin and we're given an abundant life so no longer do we have to live in guilt and the shame of past sins or current sins because Jesus covered them we've been declared right with God because of Jesus perfect life exchanged for ours we are children fully loved and accepted by God not by anything we can earn or not by anything that we can do, all because of Jesus. And we are becoming more like Jesus as He begins to live through us and empower us with His Holy Spirit. That's the Gospel. Amen? I'll be honest, I didn't really view the Gospel like that for much of my life. I viewed the Gospel, part of the Gospel, that God has come to rescue us. You see, I thought the Gospel was just about God saving me kind of like a Christmas present you get a Christmas oh boy I gotta bring this thing over See, you get Christmas presents I know you get the, the normal socks right? you get the normal underwear you get the toys, kids, did you get the Legos guys, did you get your power tools ladies, your clothes but you get those special gifts um, the gifts that when you unwrap you also have to put together to use them and does anybody get one of those gifts? Guess you got to unwrap and put together. Um, this year for us, it was a foosball table. And I'm always told by my wife that guys can't multitask and stuff like that, so I thought it would be a great idea. I bring that foosball table up. I put it together up here while I was speaking. I kind of killed two birds with one stone, and she said, Dave, that's probably not that good of an idea. Um, and so I brought a lamp. I brought a lamp instead. But you get you get this gift, right? And uh, you grab the instructions, and you look at the instructions, and if you're like me, you look at it for a minute, and you kind of throw them to the side, and then you just start putting this thing together. And I've already started putting it together a little bit. Screwing this part screw in this part and and after you're left with a few extra pieces that whoever packaged it put those together on purpose just in case uh, you needed some extra pieces but you you, you have what it says on the box you see I viewed the gospel like this see Jesus was my savior but then my job was to figure out how to have a relationship with him Jesus' job was to save me from my sins the penalty of sin and now I had to figure out how to live that, figure out how to make his priorities my priorities, his passions my passions, figure out how to be like Christ. And so I came to faith, I grabbed the instruction book, and I started reading. I started putting this life, what I thought God wanted me to be, together. The Bible says we need to love him. It needs to be our greatest affection all right check I'll come to a gathering I'll read my Bible more I'll pray okay the Bible says to love other people check so I mustered up as much love as I could for the people around me for my neighbors and I love them the Bible says be patient so I tried to be patient and be kind. And I stood back and I looked at my life and I said, it kind of looked like this lamp a little bit. Something is wrong here. Because you know what? I could love people when they fit into my capacity to love. Like, I could love the lady who was going 15 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour zone because it fit into my capacity. But then I came home, and when my son or my daughter didn't do something i like, I'd be harsh, and unlove would come from my heart. And I could be loving when the lady at the Christmas program, while we're all sitting down, and she's standing up with her video, with her uh, phone, and she's videotaping it, and I'm watching my kid's Christmas program through her iPhone. I mean, I could muster up enough love, I, I love her because Jesus told me to love her. And then, I'd be angry at my coworker when they didn't do what they were supposed to do. See, I could love people as long, I could be patient with people, I could be kind with people as long as it fit in to my capacity to do those things. And I looked at Jesus' life and I said, man, something is, something is definitely wrong. Something is wrong. And that's not even to say those issues in my life that I had no capacity for. I had no capacity when it came to feeling adequate. There was nothing I could do to make myself more adequate I tried I worked I read books and there was always a sinking feeling in my heart there was nothing I could do to not be anxious I tried I read the verse don't be anxious about anything and it didn't work I still was and I looked at my life and I said Dave what you've made, it's broken. You see, you can't display Jesus on a consistent basis the way you've made yourself. So I had a couple options. Just keep on going how I was, just keep on pretending, doing the best I could. I mean, Paul says, right, the things I do I don't want to do, the things I don't want to do I do, and that just must be how we live as Christians, right? That's how you live, that's how I live, that's just how we do it. Just get to whatever your capacity is, and my capacity was greater than most. I mean, it it was, but that's just, you just do as good as you can. And something in me as I read scripture said, boy, that's wrong. The other thing I could do is I could just hide my areas of weakness. I could show my best self and then at home feel the guilt and the shame that that brings and then i opened up my bible grab your bibles if you have one I turn to matthew 4:18 to 20 i think joe has that up on the screen what page it is and i grabbed my bible and let me show you the con- let me tell you the context of these verses we're going to look at it's just a short little passage that was impactful for me maybe it'll be impactful for you as well jesus is kind of beginning his ministry He's just started. He's given, He's preached once. Um, he's kind of an unknown character at this time. And so he's beginning this movement, and so he's calling people to join him. And that's where we pick up in verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside, beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting nets in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. I wish I had time to talk in a series about what it looks like to really follow Jesus. Because I think we've missed that in our culture today, what it is to follow him. That would make today's message a little easier about what, how Jesus makes us, and then we'd talk about what He makes us into in a, in another time, but suffice to say, today we're going to talk about making you, but those words in the middle passage there, I will make you. When I read those words, my heart stirred. My heart jumped. I will make you, He told the disciples. The word make means to bring into existence. To bring about or to cause and so jesus was basically telling the disciples i will cause you to be something that you can't be yourself i will make you into cause you to be something you can never make yourself and i wonder those lowly fishermen like the bottom of the economic chain what they thought i wonder what jesus can make us into I wonder what we could be. We move from this part of the economic scale. We're moving here. What is Jesus going to make us into? Because I wonder, like many of you and like me, how long they've tried to make themselves into something. If I just work hard enough, if I just work enough hours at work, if I'm just a good enough husband, if I'm just a good enough wife, I can be somebody. And now Jesus comes and says... It doesn't matter what you want to be. I'm going to make you. I'm going to do something in you that you can't do yourself. I love the I there. Jesus is going to do something. The chosen one, sent from heaven to save mankind, was going to make them into something. Jesus, the firstborn over all creation, who created everything, would be the one molding and mentoring. In making them to be something that they couldn't. As I wrestled with my failure, these passages just kept ringing in my ears. So I looked more. God was a maker all through Scripture. I mean, if you look in Genesis, you see in God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing ex nihilo. Now there's something. There's heaven and earth. You look a little farther in Genesis, Genesis 1:26, and God says this, Let's make man in our image, in our likeness. Let him rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth and all creation, and everything that moves along the ground. So God created, he made man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. He took something out of nothing and created us to be something. And now, because of Jesus, for those of us who put our trust in him, we are image bearers of the king. You, me, we carry his image to say, that is our great God. Without him making us, we would never go that far or never say that. A little later in Genesis, God comes to Abraham. God has no people following him really at this point. And he comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I know it doesn't look like there's anything out there, but your descendants are going to be like the sand in the sea. I will make you into a great nation. There's nothing, but I will cause something to be. In 2 Samuel 7, 9, God tells David, Now then, tell David, my servant, this is what the Lord Almighty said, I took you from the pastures, you were nothing. from from following flocks to be the ruler of my people. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great. Before it wasn't, now it'll be, not because of your effort, not because of your work, not because of your striving, not because of anything you can do, but because of me. Throughout the the Old Testament, God is consistently reminding his people, praise me because I'm the maker of heaven and earth. I'm your maker. And now Jesus comes in the New Testament and he reaches out to these young men and he says, follow me and I will make you, I will cause you to be something. Jody, you have that video? Watch this video for a second.
2: The Gospel is that there is this infinite, almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful Creator God that created all things for His glory. And you and I have belittled that, belittled His name, belittled His glory. Every one of us have at one time or another, or actually currently, believe that our way is better than God's. We fail to acknowledge, give Him glory for the gifts He's given us. We question His rule and His authority while at the same time doing that with the brain He gave us and holds together and the lungs and the air that He gave us to breathe with. This is the great blasphemy of the universe. So we've all belittled God and God being just right and holy is not going to allow the belittlement of His name. God then, not being able to spare wrath, sends Christ in the flesh and crushes Him. And in so doing, pours out his wrath against the children of God onto the son killing him then God raises him from the dead and that same power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in those who would believe this is the gospel that you and I have right standing before God not by our efforts not by our works not by our skill not by whether or not we cuss or don't cuss drink or don't drink watch this don't watch this do this don't do that justified before God by the cross of Christ alone your lust you're not going to be able to fix it your bitterness you're not going to be able to fix it your rage anger those deviances that have been following you around you don't possess the power of life and death you can't resurrect anything Christ came. That's the good news. That's why we don't celebrate us. That's why we continually celebrate him. We boast in the cross and the cross alone. The same power that is at work in raising Christ from the dead is at work in me and work in all who believe. This is the gospel.
1: See, this is a lie that I believed I believed that jesus was my savior for my sin but i had to make myself into something that i could make myself holy that i could make myself acceptable to god based on what i could do that i could make myself acceptable to god based on my efforts and that i could actually display the truths of jesus to a world by myself The reality is, just as I couldn't save myself, I couldn't make myself either. I in no way, even my best attempts left me feeling empty and alone. You see, Jesus is the better maker. He's the only one that can make us to be the people he desires us to be. And I would guess there's many more of you in here. When you go home, you have anger. And you lash out at your wife. You have bitterness issues that you can't control. And your kids, they see the in love in your houses. When you're at work, they see you striving to be somebody And can I tell you today, Jesus is better. He's the maker. He's the one and the only one that can make us into anything that's good. Because even our best, we look like this. Even at our best. People ask me, Dave, why do you talk about Jesus so much? Like, why why is he in all the things you talk about in every message and everything because jesus is my everything you see he's my savior and without him i have no relationship with the father without him my penalties are counted against me without him i'm lost but he's also my maker He's making me and he's molding me into the man that he wants me to be. And so I can put my hands up and say, God, I love you. Make me instead of striving and working and trying only to feel defeated and lost. Today is the last day of the year, New Year's Eve. Put some application to this. Many of you have either given up on making New Year's resolutions because you can't keep them, or others of you will have these resolutions. You want to become healthier. You want God more a part of your life. You want to be more forgiving and kind. And so for the first three weeks of January, you will try and make yourself be those things. You will try your hardest and you will strive, and many of you will fail. But even if you do succeed, who is your hope in? Who is your maker? You. And in the long run, though you think you succeed, you look like that to Jesus, because he's the only one who can make you. He's the only one who can change you. He's the only one who can transform you as I understood the gospel more fully. Jesus became my maker. I was talking to Pastor Ryan from the Jackson site today. He said, Dave, are you nervous and everything like that? He said, yeah, a year ago I would have been. But Jesus made me. He left his spirit here on earth that lives in you and me, and he's continually to make, continuing to make you and make me into the people he wants us to be. So I have a question, a couple questions for you today. As you begin this new year, what ways are you trying to make yourself today? By your own strength, by your own actions, by your own disciplines. How often does it work? Honestly, how often does it work for you to make yourself? By doing so, where are you placing your hope? In yourself or the maker? What fears or anxieties keep you from allowing God to make you? Is it going to mess up your life? Is going to make you into something that you don't want to be and that stresses you out? What would it look like today to allow God to make you? Mike's only caveat in his message to me was that uh, he said, you talk about a vision for Hartford. (laughs) Here it is, Mike. This is for you. (laughs) We in Hartford are a group of people who meet in communities and we desire Jesus to make us into the people he wants us to be. And as we live together, as we love together, as we mess up together and try and make our own way, we have a group of people pointing us back to Jesus and saying, Jesus is the maker. He's better. He does it better. And we believe that as we continue to point each other to Jesus, our neighbors, our community, will see, not by our own efforts, the truths of God displayed, but truly His love flows through us and His patience and His kindness. It won't be any of our efforts. So when they come to faith, guess what? We're we'll going have to preach them this message because they will see the evidence of what God makes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for sending Jesus. to be our Savior and to renew us and make us into the people that you desire us to be. Thank you for sending your Spirit that's alive and well within us. Lord, I pray for the people today here that, like me, have been, were trying to make themselves be something that they could never make themselves. Lord, would you show them you're better? With them, will you show them who you are? Would you bring repentance into their hearts? Lord, would you change us as a congregation and the people that you're making us to be instead of broken stick figures who we try and make ourselves to be? Would we need you. Do your work. Move in our hearts and our lives for your glory so that the so that the truths of the gospel are displayed in all of our lives, everywhere we go in Kewascom, in Allington in West Bend, in Jackson, and in Hartford, and beyond, in the North Caucasus. I pray this in your name. Amen.